0: All right. So today I have Kevin Carter on the line. He's founder and chief investment officer over at ticker symbol EMQQ, which is an emerging market internet ETF. Kevin, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Kevin. Glad to be here.
0: So I'm excited to get more into what you're doing over at EMQQ. um, But before we do that, let's get a little bit more into your background. So how'd you get started in your career and in business?
1: Sure. Well, I uh, graduated from college and uh, returned to the San Francisco Bay Area where I have lived ever since, uh, 27 years ago. And I had one interview uh, with an investment firm in San Francisco called Robert C. Stevens & Company, and the interview lasted 25 minutes long. Uh, The first 20 minutes were talking about uh, college basketball, and then uh, the person interviewing me explained the stock market and investment business uh, in three minutes and then told me I could start work on Monday to which I replied I don't really know anything how can I start and he wrote down on a piece of paper the name of a book uh, and told me to go buy it and the name of that book was a random walk down Wall Street and so I, I went to the bookstore and, and bought that book and uh, that's how I got started and and you know after uh, I got started you know in the world of uh, investing there's sort of two camps or two religions, if you will. There's the active camp uh, and the indexing camp. And I was very decidedly uh, focused on the active side of things. Um, I'm a Warren Buffett groupie first and foremost. Um, But then during the the bubble days of our stock market, I saw a company change its name from KTEL to KTEL.com, and the stock went up uh, $30 that day. And I said, oh, my goodness, I've read about this. And I I went uh, up to my bookshelf and I found that book uh, that I mentioned previously, A Random Walk mm-hmm. Down Wall Street. I found the chapter on bubbles and valuations. And there was a quote in there that was, uh, uh, you know, basically a mirror image of what had just happened. Uh, and it was related to the 1960 electronics bubble. And I, I picked up the phone and I called the author of that book. Uh, and he answered the phone. And uh, uh, I told him uh, what I had seen, and uh, a year later, uh, I was convinced to start my own company, an online brokerage firm, and I I called uh, the author of that book and asked if he'd be on my advisory board, and he agreed to do that, and and he's been my business partner uh, ever since.
0: Wow, what an amazing story. I love it. Uh, number one, you picked up the phone and called the author. Now, that's a, now I've, I've read that book many times, and uh, just to think, uh, I, ne- I never thought to pick up the phone and call the author. That's awesome. Um, so, Kevin, uh, you know, there's some uh, younger also entrepreneurs or maybe new college grads that are listening to this that they're a lot further behind, obviously, in their career and you, they're just getting started, and they're thinking about a career in finance. Um, now, whether it's on the advisor side, the you know the investment side, either side really, what would be your advice to that new, fresh college grad that's thinking about getting their feet wet, wet in in a career in finance?
1: I would t- tell them to go buy a random Wall Street and read it, and then I'd tell them to study everything that Warren Buffett has ever said. Love
0: it, um, love it. Um, let's uh, let's switch you up, Kevin. I do want to get into what you're doing over at EMQQ. So first, uh, tell us a little bit more about the ETF. Sure. Well, let me
1: let me give you just a little bit more background on on how I got involved with China and emerging markets because it's an important part of the story. Um, the uh, um, we started two companies um, early on. Uh, in the late 90s and early 00s that were both acquired. The second of those companies made customized index funds, if you will. separately managed accounts that would give you your own customized version of the S&P 500. And right after we sold that company, um, right before we sold the company, rather, Google had gone public. And when they went public, they asked two people to come down to the Google campus and give a talk about investing. Uh, for the people that worked at Google and were about to be, you know, rich uh, in many cases. And one of those was my business partner. And uh, I wasn't involved with that talk. But soon after that talk, uh, I got some calls from some people at Google asking if they could become clients of ours. And uh, while we were mainly working through wealth managers, I agreed to meet with them and and agreed to sort of be their advisors. And uh, just a few months after that, in a very random way, my partner, Wrote a piece about investing in China. Uh, the people at Google heard about this paper, and they asked him to give a talk at the Google campus about investing in China. And as soon as he was done, so these people looked at me and said, uh, "We want to invest in China." And pretty much from that moment until today, uh, all I've done is try to figure out what does that even mean to invest in China, and and China being part of you know emerging markets as a category. And uh, I got back to the office and went to work, and I. I sort of concluded two things really on the first day, uh, which I didn't have to figure out. They basically told me, but they both sounded important to me. Now, uh, the first thing I learned is that in, in the developing world, in places like China and Russia and India and Brazil, uh, a lot of public companies are government-owned. So they're um, banks and oil companies that are sort of operated like the Department of Motor Vehicles, if you will. I and mean, They're not really for-profit entities, they're public and they really dominate the indexes. So while there's a lot of growth in emerging markets, if you buy the you know, traditional index fund, you get exposure to uh, corrupt and inefficient uh, companies uh, that aren't really trying to grow shareholder value. And I think that's really the, the biggest problem, in indexing in emerging markets. And then the second thing that I learned the first day is that what's emerging are the people. The, that's what is emerging, uh, 90% of the world's people under the age of 30 are in emerging markets, and, and 85% of all the people are, and as they emerge, they're moving on up, and they want stuff. They want more and better food, clothing, appliances, uh, automobiles, vacations, et cetera, and uh, this is a, a big, big deal, and McKinsey and Company calls it the greatest greatest growth opportunity in the history of capitalism. So. For the last 15 years, all I've tried to figure out is what's the best way to minimize the problem with the government-controlled companies and and get more precise exposure to that growth of consumption. And what I ultimately started to tell people was to buy the emerging market consumer ETF, E-C-O-N, which I have nothing to do with. and never have. But that was my answer. And then one day I got a call from a friend and they asked me the same question. And what I was starting to see was that, in fact, consumption was changing and that my family uh, used to go to Target, you know, six years ago. We were probably going four times a week. And all of a sudden, we were going a little bit less and trucks were showing up in front of our house. And so what EMQQ really represents is, you know, this giant wave of consumers uh, becoming consumers, but they have in their pocket, their first ever computer. It's a $50 smartphone. And so, ENQQ is about three megatrends. It's about the consumer, it's about the computer in form of a, a cheap uh, smartphone. Um, and finally, it's about the internet. Most, you know, we, we take computers and the internet for granted. We've had them uh, for 20 plus years in both cases. And uh, we have very well-developed consumption. You we have bank accounts. There's uh, target stores, there's paved roads to get to them. Most of the world doesn't have those things. So they're becoming consumers. They're, they're web-enabled via smartphone, and they're leapfrogging what we think of traditional consumption. And so uh, what I believe is that emq is is the best way to get exposure to the growth. Um, and indeed, uh, the growth uh, in this sector has been, uh, I believe, unprecedented. Uh, we're not quite done with the decade, but in... Uh, 13 days, we will be, and the average annual growth rate for the publicly traded internet companies in emerging markets, and I'm talking about companies like Alibaba, mm-hmm. sort of the, the biggest of these, they've averaged about 38.5% a year wow. revenue growth for a decade, and I, I, uh, I'm not 100% sure of anything, but I think it's the fastest growing sector in the world today, and I, I think it may actually be the fastest growing sector ever.
0: Wow, absolutely amazing. And I I like the way you say uh, how you word that, leapfrogging traditional consumption patterns. Um, That being said, um, for for the three core that you're going after, so consumer, computer, and Internet, um, any kind of just trends in general that you care to comment on that you're seeing? Because obviously you have a really unique vantage point. You've been working on this opportunity for a long time.
1: There is indeed something uh, very big that i am seeing and it's fintech, financial technology. It's, um, uh, it's a very, very big deal, and it's where the leapfrogging is uh, most evident. And, you know, if you go anywhere in China, uh, any place you would otherwise uh, use cash, you'll find two QR codes. Um, if you're on the corner, there's some dumplings. There's two QR codes. If you uh, go uh, into a market, there's two QR codes. If you pass a beggar on the street, literally, there's a very good chance he will or she will have a QR code, and that's because everybody uses Alibaba, uh, Alibaba's payment system Alipay, or Tencent, their competitors' payment system WeChat Pay, and that is a big deal. Now you would think somebody like me that lives 15 miles. Uh, from San Francisco I sort of you know right here in the Silicon Valley someone that's been involved with fintech uh, going back to the 90s you would think i would be the person on the planet that walks around and zaps his phone to acquire things not the case i can't, i use, uh, I'd, lo- I'd love to use apple pay everywhere but it's not accepted everywhere it's sort of it's it's sort of a um, paradox but uh, you might not expect it Africa has the highest penetration of mobile phone-based payments in the world because they never had bank accounts. So this leapfrogging um, and digitizing these economies uh, is, is a really big deal. And fintech is the place uh, where you're really seeing this uh, accelerate, and, and we're getting sort of farther and farther
0: behind here. Wow, that's absolutely amazing. Um, kind, kind of just blew my mind. I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, you know, I don't use I still use it. Why? Because we had traditional bank accounts. But, um, yeah, no, I completely get it. So, Kevin, if somebody is listening to this and they want more information on uh, EMQQ or to uh, learn more about your research, what's the best way for them to get that info? Uh, well,
1: the, uh, the EMQQindex.com is the... Is the uh the website that will take you to the uh, overview uh, of the index and uh, uh, you Google it up and you'll find uh, all sorts of other articles and things uh, about uh, what we do.
0: Fantastic. Well, hey, Kevin, really appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing more about your background, experience, and uh, trends. And uh, to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. Hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. uh, Leave me a review on the Apple iTunes Store. Uh, Do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, Kevin, thanks again for coming on.